The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hi there, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is the Miracle of Healing. We have a super fun show for you today. So this is we're going to talk about Tales of the Haunted House. And I have my friend and fellow psychic, Lydia Dustin, here today. We're going to share with you a story about a recent house clearing that we did. And they were like just layers and layers. It was like going back through time and having to really clear up the super haunty house that one of our friends moved into. And we just are big advocates of sort of a more gentle, compassionate method for clearing away residual energy and trapped spirits rather than kind of blasting them out like some paranormal ghost hunters do. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, me me and Lydia are, we are healers, not hunters. (laughs) So um, welcome back to the show, Lydia. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. And I am so excited we're going to tell people about this story. That's such a great story. So our friend Ellen moved into this house. It's somewhere in, you know, the greater Boston area. She she asked us sort of sort of not to disclose the actual location of this place just to protect everyone's privacy. But it's an old historic building, like on the historic register in an old part of New England, which is, you know, for America, pretty old. So we found out about it when, um, as soon as she started talking about it, both of us were kind of getting some downloads about what the hauntings might be like. You want to talk about what she found a little bit? So usually when someone talks about a haunting, it's like, oh, yeah, I feel like maybe there's a woman. That was her house. She passed away. This one, she told me that a person that had lived there had committed suicide. And then I heard and saw a vision of three like little girls, like tweens going, hee hee hee, we made him crazy. And I was like, did you sign the mortgage? Can you get out of buying the house? That was my first instinct. I know. Yeah. So we, we knew there was trouble, right? When she went in there. And then when we got there, the three of us did it together, which was super interesting. So often this is the case, right? There's layers and layers and layers. It felt to me like we had to kind of peel back one layer at a time in order to kind of get to the bottom of, of the mystery. And we did a walkthrough of the of the house. And it was so funny, the three psychics, like where we would go 
into like one place and we'd all be like, oh, ah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we all have different kind of frequencies or different things we pick up, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what made it so funny because with me, I'm so physical. Like I feel the energy and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I was, I'm going, oh, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. It just, mm-hmm. oh my, it's just interesting to get the different layers because the different perspectives of all of us so the three of us saw the whole picture yes which was super cool super cool super cool super cool so i think we we really had to start that one by helping the person that had passed away the person that had you know killed themselves and i've i started doing house clearings in in the 90s it really in the early kind of early 90s and i'd been working as a psychic for a long time and back then like one of my friends called me she was a realtor and she couldn't sell this house. She's like, it's a beautiful house. It's in this desirable na- neighborhood. No one's buying the house. You know, she said, I've, t- I've showed 20 people this house and no one will actually put an offer. She's like, what's going on? Is it haunted? So I went in there. It was so bad. And we cleared it. I cleared it and it sold like a week later. But I really had no idea what I was doing. Nobody back then, it's, there were no like ghost hunting paranormal TV shows. There's no manual on how to do this, especially back then there was. But we, you know, I learned a lot the hard way <laughs> by making every mistake, by getting sick, by having spirits follow me home, by, you know, doing it alone, by like, well, I could do this, you know, because I didn't know I couldn't do it until I was in it. I was like the total picture of the unconscious incompetent. <laughs> As I learned everything the hard way. So thankfully, we were better prepared for this one. And when I started clearing houses, which was, I mean, I just opened up my psychicness probably like eight years ago. I did all that stuff as well. But thank God I had you to then clear the crap off me and like put me back to center and help me figure it out. So right. bless you. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So we did, we did things better. Like we didn't, we weren't alone, you know, and I think for me, like what's really changed since I started doing it was having a less combative, you know, kind of energy and more because I work, I'm a healer, you're a healer, the three of us are healers. So it was so interesting, kind of, I felt like the first layer that had to come off was working with a with person who had committed suicide and passed away in the house. Like we worked with him to yeah. clear him off. I don't know if people get that, the energy isn't like it doesn't meld together like cake batter there's literal like layers like there was mm-hmm. layers of like the land that had to be healed yeah and then older energies are like under like old traumas get caught under so we kind of had to heal the top kind of trauma and then heal each but layer each layer get to the bottom so interesting so that the first layer was the the guy who committed suicide the second layer was the three the three naughty super naughty like teens in the attic that was crazy right and then there were a lot of native americans standing outside but let's talk about each one so what what was the standout for you about clearing the the person who had committed suicide i think what was super hard was that um the way that the girls made him go like literally think he was crazy so when he committed suicide he still didn't really know if he was dead or if he was having like a psychotic break or he was just in such a flux where he was kind of blaming himself that maybe this wasn't really happening. I just felt like he was really suffering in that state. You know, he wasn't settled and I just wanted to help him end that pain of blaming himself, you know? And then of course our friend Ellen knew him, you know? Which was amazing because he really 
was feeling crazy. And then we had this idea. We're like, well, you, he knows Ellen. He trusts Ellen. He knows if Ellen says like, honey, I'm so sorry you've passed away. Right. He'll believe her because he doesn't know us. He's not going to, he'll just think we're yeah. part of the delusion. So the three of us sort of came like where we felt like his spirit was lingering. And then it turns out Ellen told us all that, that this is the room that he was living in when he lived there and died there. And I think like having Ellen just really break it to him that he's dead because it's so often true. They don't know they're dead. Right. And that, yeah, like you said, that he wasn't crazy that, I mean, I think he'd been severely depressed and maybe was struggling with some mental health stuff anyway. I feel like the energy of us three as healers kind of really feeling a lot of compassion and love and sympathy for him. And we were, we were praying and, you know, Ellen was talking to him and, you know, we were all crying and stuff and you could just feel like it was so beautiful. And like when I do lift up spirits like that, I just call in the light, right. To have the light come in and create a, a kind of a gateway or portal between our world and heaven, soul world. And like, look into the light, like, look, all your people are there, like you're forgiven for all that you did. And it was so this incredible, like, weight off your chest, kind of like everyone, I always cry when they pass over. I can tell the moment it happens as I cry because it's so joyful, really, you know? Yeah, it really is. And for people, um, if you want to know what that's like, it's almost like your heart gets hit with so much love and joy at the same time. It just overflows. You burst into tears. Look out tidal wave of love and light yeah that was so beautiful and that so that was the first he he wasn't hard to shift really as a spirit like he was pretty willing to go and we shifted him out and then we had to then we decided we were going to go up to the attic to deal with the tweens and before we even went up there we cast some serious protection right we went through like a protection ritual to kind of really like shore up our energy And I I mean, when, when we first went up into that attic, it was so crazy. It was like the worst energy ever. Yeah. I think too, just because when this all happened, they were teenagers. So it's like they have that hormonal crazy energy and that just like spins all the other energy out and, and they were doing naughty things and they were connected to darkness, which then feeds that energy. So they kind of mm. just spun out into this big, scary, energetic situation up there. I thought it was so interesting that like you and I and, and Ellen, we kind of went in there thinking, oh, they're, they're evil like witches. And really like when they kind of told their story, it turned out that they were like sort of straight off the boat super young girls from Ireland who had been hired to help in the house, like servants, basically, you know, but they had gone into a situation that was so bad for them. They were just overworked and abused and, you know, they they had no way out. They had no hope. They had no problem. They'd come to the new world, you know, in hopes of getting, you know, better employment. And they just got into a super bad situation where they didn't have any power and like the oppressed workers, you know, So with me, you guys, I am like super skeptical because I was raised as a skeptic. So even though I'm a psychic and um, I was so surprised when I went in the house, I assumed that um, they were going, I I mean, I was shocked that they were Irish and I was like, why are they Irish? Like it's too early because like the potato famine was 1845 to 1852. So I was like, I was just, um, I was, you know, it just, I like to make sure it's correct. And I looked it up and they said that the Irish immigrants started coming to Boston in 1820 was the first wave. Yeah. So. And that's right around the, that was right around the time this house was built. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, it makes sense that they were young Irish girls. Yeah. And back then, when you were a domestic, that was the best gig. Because if you worked in a factory or somewhere else, you would probably, you know, die because of the fumes or whatever. But their whole career, their whole livelihood was based on a recommendation. So if they complained or said, stop, you know, treating us awfully, they'd be fired and let go without a recommendation. And then they, they would were, have to work in a factory. Right. Or, or worse. Destitute. Yeah. So there was so much anger and rage, you know, that they were holding it. And it was so relatable because I think we can all kind of relate to the, you know, oppressed workers, you know, and women who have no power and, you know, no vote, no, nothing they could do to kind of better their situation. It wasn't only that they were overworked and underpaid and underfed. We realized that the missus, they called her the missus, the woman of the house, um, knew that the husband was most likely sexually abusing them. Right. It's just sick. It was a very, I felt so bad for them because they're yeah. literally trapped there. And they're like 13, 14, 15, or even, I mean, they're kids really. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And they took matters into their, into their own hands by sort of like poisoning the mistress. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then, you know, that's how she died. So we had to deal with her spirit which we found in the pantry and it was so funny like walking into the kitchen in the pantry that was such a bad feeling this butler's pantry and I could feel her energy really in that in this old kitchen and butler's pantry this like really mean hard like I think it's it's very typical New England kind of like Puritan you know yeah like like very upright and all about appearances and she was a tough cookie that mistress that misses wow that sink i'm like there's a sink there and we're all just like oh what happened there it was like evil or something like it was mm-hmm. didn't make sense yeah oh in the pantry we went in the pantry and there was super kind of chester the molester vibes in there yes like, yeah, so well, i know so 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 bad right and it's so interesting because the man of the house was like you know somebody that was very involved in the Revolutionary War and, you know, was kind of a, a, you know, a businessman, but also a warrior. And I felt like there was like a lot of karma kind of around him too, like that he was seen as this sort of founding father of the town, but really he was a person that you wouldn't, you know, like what the outside appearance was, was very different from his inner, his inner self was not such a good guy. Yeah. Like that, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, where he's like a leader in the community, yet he's like abusing. And I feel like these, um, the girls were also physically, you know, if they weren't, you know, doing what they should do, I think the missus would give them the switch or, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, oh my gosh, should we tell them about the basement? We should, but before we do that, let's take a really quick break. Okay. (gasps) Back with the basement. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks. We are back with Lydia Dustin, my fellow psychic Lydia Dustin, talking about this 
crazy house clearing that we did about a month ago. So we've been up in the attic and we've been all over the house. We've, you know, helped the the person who committed suicide pass on. We felt all this crazy energy in the kitchen and the the butler's pantry. And then we go down to the basement. Why is it always the basements and the attics, Lydia? Why? And that basement was so bad. Like, I'm like, it couldn't be worse than the attic. It couldn't be worse than the pantry we get down there. And there was this room that literally none of us could even go into. We're three adults. We're three adults. And we're like little kids going, I'm not going to go in there. You go in there. I'm not going to go in there. And then so we're like, forget it. We didn't go we in. Didn't do it. We didn't go in. And it it's str- it's so strange because like I was like, all right, so we're as we're peeling away the layers, I'm like, all right, there were there's all these the next thing we had to do was these na- the native people out, this Native Americans that were sort of standing all around around the um land. What they told me was that they were this had been, you know, sort of special land to them. And there was a spring, there was like an upwelling of water that was kind of a sacred healing spring on the property. And that that they were quite mad because this, you know, white dude came in and like plopped his, his house right on top of the spring and kind of like dammed up the spring. And then later on, so we didn't go into the, we didn't go into the, the basement, but when we were thinking about the Irish girls, Lydia, you got this piece of information about the well. So let's talk about the well. First, I'm going to say we're in the basement and um, it sounds so gross and my apologies, but if there's like um, something left over from the human body, is that a nice way to say it? Like blood or bone or ash or something? I literally feel like I'm going to vomit. And I was like, why are there human remains? I was like, there can't be human remains in the basement. And they were like, yeah, maybe I'm overreacting. And then when we um, talked to the girls, I literally saw a baby being put, I'm so sorry, you guys, but drowned. I don't know if the baby was already dead, but put into like water to kind of get rid of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think he impregnated one of them because there's no birth control. There's no, you know, morning after pill, there's no protection. So I mean, it's bound to happen. And what are you going to do? If they can't have the baby, that will ruin their whole life. Right. So I don't know if the missus took the baby or like, I don't know. I'm not sure who did, but hands putting this baby in a pool of water. Right. And, you know, back then, so it was a dirt basement when we went in there and all these old houses in New England have dirt basements. And I, when I was doing my house clearing days, this one house I was clearing that they would often bury bodies in the basements, sometimes because they were trying to hide it, but also, but more of you died in the winter. The ground was hard as a rock, right? It's New England. It's cold from, you know, the ground is frozen from like November to March, right? So you can't, what do you do if you have a body? Like you can't bury it, but the the ground under the house wouldn't be frozen because the house was warmer. So they used to bury bodies in the basement all the time. So weird, right? So creepy. Because that was the ground you could get into. That was just, you could do it, you know? And um, sometimes they'd shift the body like afterwards and put the body in the cemetery and sometimes they wouldn't. So binding human remains in basements, dirt basements is really not that uncommon. New England is awesomely, awesomely haunted and spooky. (laughs) So creepy. So so Lydia's like, I don't know about this well, where's this water? You know, and we come up, we come up out of the basement, like the next day, our friend Ellen said, she goes, I went into that other room. Guess what's there? And she sends us this picture of literally a well, like 
the classic like exactly. round just, well. And it's crazy. I literally saw hands like a, a, it didn't look like exactly. It was like stones and putting it in those water. And I was like, that makes no sense. I've never seen a basement that had an actual open an well actual open well. Yeah, that's amazing. So crazy, so crazy. So what? As we are doing the clearing, we like I was connecting with sort of the spirits of the land, you know, that the the native people had originally connected with, and we found this like all bodies of water have kind of like a a deity, like a spirit that goes with it, and they're like the spirit of the well or the spirit of the tree or the spirit of the mountain, or like these are the elementals and and fairy and devic beings. That's so there was this bigger spirits are called divas so there's this diva of the well and this was sort of the sacred being it was a healing well like healing water that the native people had been used to going to and that as we're like lifting off all of these layers that being sort of came up awake again and it was so cool how all three of us got this visual image of this being that was that water spirit and Ellen goes it looks like this and she dials up her phone and this image and we were all like this image of sort of like a water kind of a water dragon and we were all like oh my god that's what I saw and you were like oh my god that's what I saw it was nuts wasn't it yeah it was just like wafting around like it was so beautiful it was so yeah. beautiful and it felt so light the house felt dark and toxic and heavy and it just had this beautiful crisp whiteness this light it was so beautiful yeah the irish girls they really like i feel like they were so grateful that we heard their story you know because we were up in the attic and listening really listening to their experience really like reflecting back like oh my god that happened to you and we're so sorry that happened to you and yeah probably they shouldn't have been like poisoning people they definitely shouldn't have been poisoning people that was quite quite bad and I think they were stuck because all that anger, all that disempowerment, all that darkness, you know, they definitely took a walk down the dark side. They weren't able to process it. What was it like for you when they when they really left? I felt so much motherly love for them as like a mom, just like these poor kids, you know, and I just connected to their hearts. And um, you guys, I go into my whole like, virgin mary thing like i'm crying like god loves you god will forgive you you're his blessed daughters like i just feel like they were waiting for compassion for uh, justice in a way and i think that just once they understood that we understood that what happened to them was wrong and that we loved them and we were on their side then right. they could let go yeah and then we heard their we heard their story you know, we heard what had happened to them and we were outraged. We were like, you know, like, because I think they were holding on this. I could feel when we first went in there, their rage, their anger, their shame, like the secret nature of it all is what kept it all like compacted and, you know. Having no one, like they, they couldn't write to their moms and tell or their dads and tell them what was happening. So I think the fact that we're like older women, like maybe their mom's age and we were there for them and we loved them and told them it was okay and that mm -hmm. it was wrong. And that, you know, if we were there, we would have helped them and that things are better now that things like that don't happen anymore. Right. You know, as they cross over and they go back up to heaven, their that energy that's stuck, you know, on the astral plane that, that their soul fragments, their ghosty selves that are stuck 
get recycled back up into their original soul and they're they're going to have to deal with what they did. They're going to have to deal with the consequences of having, you know, they handle that situation not in the greatest way. And so we're not condoning at all what they did. We may understand why somebody who's disempowered has to, you know, feels like they have to go the dark road, but that's all going to come out in the cosmic laundry and the karmic laundry, right? They're going to have to now have lifetimes where they address, you know, so I, I would guess that there at some point those characters are all going to come back together those you know that husband and wife the soul of that and those kids are going to have to reincarnate again together in some form where they can work it out in a more empowering way than they did in the past and i also wanted to add it's really important when you're crossing people over to understand where they're coming from so they were all irish catholic girls so it was important to tell them that they were not going to go to hell like they would have Mm -hmm. to pay for what they did but it wouldn't be internal damnation there is forgiveness and god is a loving god right again like our children we punish them we don't annihilate them it's not going to be pleasant but it wasn't what they expected yeah i know catholic ghosts are sometimes the hardest ones to deal with and when i was doing a lot of house cleaning i I and I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up sort of Unitarian, but I would carry my ghost hunting kit, like the last rites, you know, and the rites of extreme extreme unction, I guess they call them now. And like, you know, all the sort of blessings and sacraments and things that because if you believe you're going to hell forever and ever and ever and ever, why would you go? You would maybe make a choice to stay in the in between. So you didn't have to face eternal damnation. Yeah. It's super common. And for people, they weren't they hardly weren't even that bad. They hardly did anything, but they were just taught. We were I was taught, you know, like if you don't live like Jesus, you're going down below. Yeah, exactly. You know. And so we kind of we we cleared the spirit. I'm gonna put I feel like we put the death of the baby on the missus, like that she was the one that had, you know, done that one. And um so we cleared that baby spirit, we cleared the missus spirit, we cleared the guy who committed suicide, we cleared the three teenagers, and really sort of like reactivated the spirit of the well. And our friend Ellen is telling us that it feels really good in there now. She's thriving in there. She spends, you know, so much time there. And she's, she said she felt like that there's this elevated energy in the people that visit that house sort of all feel really, you know, connected. So interesting, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, if you have a holy place for the natives, that was a holy healing place. And then it kind of gets taken over and it's used for the wrong purpose. Like you're not supposed to live, you know, like you don't live in a church. You don't abuse your children in a church, you know, like, and the fact that the holy energy got so turned on its head that it really just started this whole process because once the, that Deva left, then darkness came in and um, yeah. couldn't be cleared away until she came back. Right. Thank God you were there. You're like, like you, you're the coolest chick. You're so good at this clearing stuff. And we had our witchy moment. All you people that watch Charmed, we had our like sisterhood moment where we held hands around a candle, and I, I was like loving it. It was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool. Well, gosh, I was going to say the same thing about you. Like you know, like all of us, you and Ellen too, really added their piece. Like you said, like we all got a piece of it. And so I think like, if you're going to take something away from listening to this podcast, don't do house clearings alone. Don't go by yourself. 
make sure you really know what you're doing, you know, make sure that you, we did some really intense protection rituals. And then even after I got home, I had to have my friend clear me, you know, cause I felt kind of, I had strange dreams. I dreamt that I was in that house for a while, for a couple of nights afterwards. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm still back in that house. I needed to go like cut the cords with the house and, and get a little cleared from that, the darker energies that we were exposed to while we were in there. So I think that it's really fun and cool to do paranormal investigations, but it's not something to do if you don't know what you're doing. It can be really, really dangerous if you're unaware, if you're alone and you don't know how to do it. So it can be fun if you get training. So absolutely, if you're interested in that, work with a reputable group who is going to train you. Make sure you work with a group that will teach you some psychic self-defense techniques because not all paranormal researchers do that. Sometimes they just are you really reliant on their technology and they're, they don't quite do the protective practices that they need to. Yeah. And, and they can, and all of them can attach to you. Mm. And I also, we, I mean, as we all know, if you have any natural psychic ability, even if you ignore it, or if you're an empath, the stuff in the house will attach to you. So if your friends like to do paranormal stuff, but you're the sensitive one, like you really have to bubble up and clear, clear, clear after because it will follow you home because it's just, you're just a delicious steak for the lions. You're their favorite flavor. <laughs> so true. So true. So yeah, if you're an empath, it's super extra important to do that and and make sure that you're, you know, you know, it's tricky doing you know, house clearings and paranormal investigations, it's its sort of a high risk psychic activity because no one's calling you into their house because the energy feels good. They're calling you because there's a problem and we know we're walking into something darker. We don't quite know what it can be. So if you have an interest in it, just get informed, get trained so you can do it sort of eyes wide open. Yes. And a big mistake often if um, I go to a house or people I know that can do this will go to a house then we'll say like, oh, so should we, you know, you want me to give you a number, someone will clear it. They'll say, oh, my friend and I are going to do it. Or my friend has Reiki one training and she's going to do it. And they try to do it themselves. And it can really just make it worse. It can really just add another layer. How we're talking about all the layers. You can just add another layer. Now you piss them off. You messed up like something like those paranormal shows. They go in there and they whip up the energy in these houses. And when they leave, I just, oh my God, I just think what happens to the family I know. when they leave? There are some paranormal, many paranormal teams that really concentrate on healing. So they're, like the people in Kindred Spirits, you know, I love those ones. Um, they're, yes. they're like looking at the ghosts as humans that need help and the family or the people that live there as humans that need help. And that's a whole different vibe from like, I'm just going to use my technology to prove you have a ghost and then split. Like, I don't have any like solutions for you, but I'm like, yep, you got a ghost. I'm out of here. You know, that's the one. <laughs> that's the ones that really are like create a lot of problems. So as you if you're entering into that world, think about what you're going to do to make it better. Like things like provocation, not so useful. Techniques where you provoke the spirits or you bring trigger yeah. ob objects to provoke the spirits or you're doing like many, many like EVP sessions. Um, and sometimes those things can actually create portals and bring more spirits in. So you can, yeah. you know, God forbid, please do not use a Ouija board or spirit boards or things like that. Like, because, you know, in trying to help, you might actually make the problem worse. Yeah. It's like yelling. It's like texting everyone, you know, you're having a kegger. Like if you start this crazy, <laughs> right. It's so, it's so true. Right. 
there's you know apparitions and ghosts all over your town. If you start doing crazy, unprotected psychic stuff in your house, you put up the bat signal and they know where you are. And then they're like, woo, party at Lydia's house. <laughs> yeah. Some of these places, it's, oh. Yeah. And the par- paranormal tourism is really like a problem there, you know, like people who buy like a haunted house and then run haunted house tours or advertise and have a lot of, you know, paranormal investigations coming in of course those places get worse like you know yeah and those are people they're people and if they don't go back to the light they're not going to be able to be in peace and they really are going to be here forever like forever and i think that's just quite bad karma to do that to someone mm-hmm. you, they need help and i think if i'm a ghost i super hope i'll put that on my will um just in case could someone come and make sure i have crossed over correctly <laughs> Is you're stuck here forever. <laughs> yeah, put it on your in your will. No seances and Ouija boards. No, no trying to connect me with me that way. That's so funny. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lydia, for being here and having this awesome conversation. It's so fun, as always, to have, have these adventures with you in life and then to talk about it afterwards is so beautiful. So thank you so much for being here. I hate that people's houses are haunted, but I kind of hope there's more because it was super fun. Oh, I know. And so, Lydia, where can people find out more information about you? You can check out my website, LydiaDustin.com, or check me out on Instagram, Lydia Dustin, or on Facebook at, you guessed it, Lydia Dustin. That's awesome. And you can find me at LisaCampion.com. I hope you stop by and visit. I have a lot of free resources and, you know, classes, psychic development classes and free resources too for psychics, empaths, and healers. So thank you all for joining us today here on the miracle of healing where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on mind body spirit fm hello i'm dr stephen farber and i am an author teacher psychotherapist and shamanic practitioner on my podcast Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.